Hey everybody, welcome back to Endure, the Athlete Story. Today's show, we have Chris Mantern. Chris is a professional triathlete from Ireland and races over the 70.3 distance. He's fresh off his first podium in the 70.3 distance in Poland last week. And he takes us through that and how that race unfolded. And Chris is also a multiple Irish champion across sprint, Olympic and half Ironman distance and he now lives in Germany where he works and trains and in this episode Chris tells us how you get into the sport from doing his first triathlon down in Cork and at the age of 12 and just getting hooked on it and loving it and just progressing getting on the Irish team racing in ITU and then making his transition over to long distance racing so we hope to see Chris get more success in the future, more podiums, more ones, and yeah, hope you enjoy this show. Um, this episode is brought to you by EJX2 Coaching. I'm a triathlon coach uh, with a background in sports science. I provide lactate testing for anyone based in the northwest of Ireland. So if you're interested in getting a test, uh, let me know. You can email at ejx2coaching at hotmail.com or get us on instagram or facebook book at ejx2coaching um, likewise if you have an event coming up if you're already planning for next season get in touch for some coaching i'd love to get a chat to you and see what we can do so enjoy the show cheers chris mintern welcome to endure the athlete story Thanks for coming on. How's things? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the invite. All good. All good. Just uh, chilling out here in Frankfurt at the moment. So I was watching the Ironman race yesterday and yeah, just recovering from that. Good stuff. <laughs> so you're in, are you, you're based in Germany, is that right at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Um, living and working here in Frankfurt and that's where I've been for the last, over a year now anyway, coming up to two years, I guess. And um, cool. so... Yeah, that's where I'm at. Good stuff. And originally you hail from Cork in Ireland. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're from Cork, but living in Germany at the moment. And you're fresh off uh, your first, am I right in saying it's your first pro- professional podium in the 70.3 Poland last week? Yeah, yeah. That was my first time getting on the podium as a pro. And yeah, you didn't have 70.3, which was on last last Sunday. Sweet. And how did that feel, Christy? to finally get is it something you've been chasing a big goal for a long time well I'd say it's something that I always knew that I could do and I was more I'd say frustrated that I haven't done it yet let's say and yeah it's just it's nearly relief more than um relief more than a feeling of like achievement if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah uh, I'm like oh I knew it thank god finally it's yeah. about time like it's about time that's how I felt um but I'm obviously I'm really happy like definitely yeah. really happy yeah. but um I I, I could I, I can't say I'm shocked but I'm very happy with the mm-hmm. result definitely good stuff yeah. congratulations good to see 
And can you tell us about talk us through the race, like how did it unfold? Yeah, sure. So, um, uh, well, I mean, the race starts before the before the gun goes, obviously. So, like you're looking mm-hmm. at the start list and who's there, picking out the danger men on the swim. There's two or three guys from with an ITU background who are in the race, um, who you know are going to be at the front on the swim. But then you need to make the call: is how hard they go on the swim, or do you want to? stick on them are you happy to let them go if it's too hot uh, and are they are there, is their biking strong enough that they could stay away if they did get away on the swim and so to be honest my swimming um with, with like the lack of consistency and stuff the last two years has definitely had some bit of an impact but i'm lucky with the ironman stuff it doesn't make a huge difference um once you're in the group mm-hmm. so i was just sitting on the back of the lead group on the swim which is perfect um, and came out of the swim, could see, could count the guys in front, knew these were where I needed to be. And quick enough transition came out and ran out onto the bike in the first. So had a quick transition, which helped. And then it's just making the call. Like um, if someone goes, do you go with it? Um, I know like Ironman is non-drafting, but realistically there's groups. There's always mm-hmm. groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it helps psychologically, even if you know there's somebody just in front of you uh, for pacing and things like that. So initially, James Teagle, British lad, um, went very early and quickly and let him go. I was like, this is too hot for me. He's um, very strong. And um, he went up the road. And then a Swedish dude came past me, um, Callan, very strong cyclist as well. And I realized, OK, um, I don't want let, to let too many people um, go because, yeah, I just said I'm going to go with it and see what happens. So the first hour was a bit hot for me. but um was waiting for it to settle and uh, like you know 20 minutes in i'm like okay this is till it's still a bit too strong but it'll settle hopefully it'll settle 30 minutes in it's strong still but hopefully it'll settle a, a bit over what i was hoping to the power i was hoping to, to do for the race mm-hmm. then 40 50 minutes in okay this is still a bit too too hot <laughs> when, when's it gonna settle <laughs> and then i got to the hour mark and i realized this isn't this isn't gonna settle like so i have to back off myself otherwise i'll be walking on the run and I don't want to make, um, I don't want to be doing this again. Uh, so backed it off. And um, yeah, the last 50K, I'd say the bike, I was uh, completely on my own. Teagle and Callan from Sweden were up the road and there was a group uh, behind. Uh, didn't know the gap in front, but I knew I wasn't going to pull them back. Didn't know the gap behind, um, but looked over my shoulder once on the long straight, couldn't see them. So I knew I had a big gap. Um and then just rode steady for the next 40, 50K at my own power, ate a lot, drank a lot. And then the annoying thing is the, there's a group of four or five guys caught me just coming into T2. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I came off the bike with about 10 seconds on them. But um, it makes me wonder, like, what condition would I have been in if I had just, if I had rode with that group the whole day rather than, you know, trying really hard to ride um, with the front group at the start and then, uh, fallen off but you don't know those things until they happen mm-hmm. uh, and but in my head at the time I was like oh I've bottled it here now I'm after pushing myself too much on the bike and all that and there's a group of five just hopping off 10 seconds behind me uh, I thought I so for a minute there I was a bit worried that I had um, overcooked the bike perhaps and I was going to pay for it now with five guys jumping off the bike together reasonably fresh and then um, the start of the run I knew just ran within myself a group of five of us formed pretty quickly, but um, none of us were particularly stronger than the other on the run. 
So if there was any slight acceleration, anybody, we all followed um, very quickly. And we, were, we, were, we were all close enough to each other on the run, I guess. And it, it, it turned into then almost like we almost accepted that this is going to be it for the rest of the run. One and two were way up ahead. Uh, there was nobody going to pull us back. And so it was just five of us running together. And then at that stage, it was just getting mentally prepared for a fast finish. And like 20K is a long way to run mm-hmm. in a group of five guys. But it's just everybody seemed relaxed in the group. Like nobody seemed to be pushing it too hard. Like there was no one really breathing heavily. So everybody seemed comfortable and I felt comfortable. And then it's just about telling yourself that you're comfortable. And then you try and convince yourself like that, oh, this guy is, um, this guy isn't going to be able to sprint or this guy is going to be able to whatever. But yeah, it was a good run together. And then um, I put, I put in a bit of a burst at about the 20K mark to see who had anything left. One or two guys followed me. And then with about 600 to go, I completely opened up and just went flat out and if anybody caught me, then like they, they were just faster than me, just whatever I had left. So yeah, so I was, I was, I must say I was controlled for, for 20k to run. Like it was, it was hard, but I was controlled and it's my first time feeling good with 5k to go on the run. Normally I fall apart, but uh, I took a lot of nutrition on, on the bike, drank a lot. And it definitely something I've learned this year that I had made mistakes before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a real burn up for the last kilometer and I was knackered finishing, but overall I felt like quite comfortable on the run, I must say. It's so fun. yeah, happy enough with that to, to finally get a podium, you know, and um, yeah, it's good to, to finally take it off. Brilliant. Good stuff. And you ran a 307, was it? Last kilometer? Yeah. Um, that's, that's quick. Like you probably should. Yeah, it's quick and you probably shouldn't be able to do that at the end. Do you think but you should think, have squeezed more out of the whole run basically or? Yeah. Yeah, I think I could squeeze more of the run, but like it didn't matter because let's say if I did go for it early in the run and I blew up, it wouldn't have been worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was, I, I don't like times, time doesn't really matter. I just wanted to get yeah. the position yeah. and yeah, whatever I had to do to, to get that, that final spot, I, I, no matter how hard I ran, I wouldn't have caught second. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have required a one, one ten run split, which I wasn't going to do that day. Um, so yeah, uh, overall yeah happy with it to finally get it done and then um, hopefully that's just the start of it now so let's see good stuff good stuff so chris take us back to getting in the triathlon or sport in general what was your first taste of of getting in the sport where you sort of enjoyed it and doing it for yourself yes um i would have swam as a child um so i got into first i got into swimming Mm-hmm. And my first real experience of seeing a triathlon was in, um, we have a, a family has a caravan in Yall and we go there every summer and uh, there was a, triath- a sprint triathlon on there and just remember seeing it one year and just thought it looked cool. And then the next year took part in a relay, uh, just did the swim. And I think I was 11 at the time. I just did the swim, uh, but part of a relay. And then after finishing the swim, good buzz, really enjoyed it. Uh, and I thought, you know what, next year I reckon I could do the whole thing. And so the following year, I did the full, it was only sprint distance, but I, yeah, I think it was 12, did the sprint in Yall. Were you alive? And that was... Uh, like at uh, that age? Yeah, yeah. Kind of? Well, you weren't, you weren't, but like, um, was uh, family friends with the 
the race organizer yeah. who was confident confident in my swimming ability which is like the biggest concern no, yeah, yeah so we're really lucky that for that to have happened i don't know if you could do it nowadays mm-hmm. but um was lucky to get away with it there and i i had displayed that i was a competent swimmer like at that stage yeah. uh because even like even today like 11 and 12 year old swimmers like competitive swimmers would be faster than most triathletes mm-hmm. i think um you know like a, a good competitive 12 year old swimmer yeah um if they were to race and pick a random triathlon in ireland a fast 11 or 12 year old competitive swimmer would be a quicker swimmer than majority of triathletes i think yeah um and that was in it because i'm swimming let's say five days a week at that's at that age already um which like people might be shocked thinking you're really talented at 12 years old being a fast swimmer but every Everybody in the race might have only swam once or twice a week and took it up in their, I don't know, 30s because or 40s, whatever, because a triathlon generally would have a later kind of uh, take-up age, let's say, versus swimming. But at that stage, I was already swimming five days a week, so I probably had more mileage done in the pool already at that age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most of the people I was racing against. But yeah, and then after that, I was hooked and I was, you know, got a big buzz out of uh, doing it that day. And, and I was on him. I remember this, actually. remember looking at the time so trevor woods had won the race the year before and uh, he wins uh, still winning races um legend but so sat down had a look at the times and just looked at the winning times right what's the fastest swim what was the bike split what was the run split and because the caravan was right next to where the race was on i just decided to recce the course and i was like okay 20k bike split fastest time last year was 29 minutes i'm like okay let's see what i can do so in training and i had a mountain bike um and remember my dad came with me in the car and like he'd stop maybe 10k up the road or every few k he'd pull in just we timed it to see what i could do with it and, and i can't i think i did it in like 50 55 minutes or something just as a training spin for 20k and we were both like shocked like and we were like how how am i going to do this in 30 minutes like like <laughs> when the winner is doing it 55 or when i was doing it 55 and then I had to rein back expectations. I was like, okay, I'm probably, I'm probably not going to win it uh, <laughs> if I can. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, so that's yeah, a 12, that's 12 years old. You had that yeah. mentality of how can I want to race? Well, think- yeah, well, maybe naivety too. But, um, def- yeah, it was just, and okay. What, pos- well, it was positivity, straight into, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, straight into, what. okay, what's required to win? Okay, what can I do? Okay, winning isn't possible right now. Let's see what else. Let's see where, mm-hmm. what's realistic. And what do you but, think, um, where do you think that mentality came from of at that age, a young age saying like, what does it take they want to race? Is that, was that maybe passed well, on from parents or something? Like, or do you remember I what don't that know, felt but like? like? Well, no, I actually don't really know the answer to that. Like, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's fun not to lose. And it's, you know, I tried like, and it's fun. Yeah, I actually don't really know how to answer that question, to be honest. I can't really say, like, um, uh, yeah, it's just something that came from within, I think. Yeah. Um, and I always just, you know, try to do your best and, yeah, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know, really. Just, yeah. I just wanted to wanted to win it, right? That's yeah. all, I think all it's, I just, just, it's just an interesting topic. I think, like, the psychology of that, and you hear even Christian Blumenfeld saying when he was 10 years ago, he was going to win Olympic gold and just them young athletes. You hear Alistair Brownlee in the pool when he was 12 saying they want to be an Olympic mm. champion. It's just fascinating to see like at that age, because just personally for me, I think growing up playing like team sports, just played a lot of football and a bit of Gaelic and stuff. 
I don't think you have that as much because it's like there's a team. We'll one as a team, but yeah, like yeah. obviously you have your own individual goals, but getting into a sport like an individual sport so young, mm-hmm. I think might shape shape you a bit different. So I'm just trying to learn more now. <laughs> the whole yeah, I think I think it just has to come from the individual themselves, mm-hmm. and I don't. It's like just the the fire kind of within. I don't. I don't know if it can be coached or forced. You can definitely help and you know and inspire somebody or motivate somebody, but you can't force anybody. You can't force it on anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, like I would have had a lot of friends that perhaps you know competitive swimming is a lot. It's time consuming and demanding for both swimmers and parents, right? Because at twelve years and thirteen years of age, kids can't bring themselves to the pool. They need their parents to drop mm-hmm. them to the pool at five at stupid o'clock in the morning like it's a crazy sport mm-hmm. um and like after a while let's say i remember you know when you'd be sitting exams like your junior certificate and people would pack up swimming because you know oh, they have to come they, you know focus on their exams you know they left to quit swimming it's like nah you don't like that's just the cover story for you don't want to like if you really wanted to you yeah. you'd figure it out like it's not like you're going to be getting up at six in the morning to study yeah. instead uh so i always saw that as just like an excuse or a, a a nice a nice cover story for the real reason when like if you really if you really wanted to swim you'd still be swimming but you obviously don't you obviously don't want it that much mm-hmm. um so yeah i think um sometimes there's like um convenient excuses that will come into place for for stopping things like that but like i always knew that if it's something you want you like yeah you just it has to come from yourself you can't be forced on it by anybody yeah because i think i think i've seen it in your instagram before it's a, a run your running coach danny walsh and you put up like a caption saying like about sports psychology do you remember that i don't want to misquote oh it. yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it's just um yeah he says sports psychology it's, it's as simple as this you either want to win or you don't yeah uh, I thought it was I class. Thought it was class it's uh, something, yeah. yeah, something read really too much into it. Uh, I know nothing about psychology, like mm-hmm. don't know anything about it. Um, but when you simplify it like that, at the end of the day, you just you either want it or you don't, and it, it's very hard to um, mm-hmm. to force it on on anybody. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was class as well. But so then you obviously love triathlon, love training, pushing yourself. That did that develop into getting picked up by Trathan Ireland, getting on a development squad? Yeah, and... yes. So they had these uh, these talent identification days, um, mm-hmm. ten years ago, I think was when I when I did it. At, yeah, maybe just over ten years ago, and it involved like a two hundred meter swim and a fifteen hundred meter run on the track, and these were like super competitive at the time, like big deal. I remember like um, all all the all the best triathletes in Ireland right now. Um, would have gone through the, would have gone through this talent ID process yeah. like 10 11 yeah. years ago uh, besides maybe one or two other athletes but like it was super competitive and I remember like you'd spend months thinking and training for your 200 meter time trial swim and your 1500 meter uh, track event knowing that and it was the same kind of people and the thing is not only did you have to do that to get on the squad but you had to to keep showing up to and uh, stay on the squad uh, and the times would have gotten more difficult as you got a bit older, like if you were mm. 14, 15, 16, the, expected, the target times got tougher. And then I think it's when you were over 16, it jumped to a 400 meter swim and a 3K run on the track. Um, but yeah, they used that just to try and find talented swimmers who looked like they could could run a bit and try to turn them into triathletes. Like that's what it was. And it mm. worked. Um, mm-hmm. It worked really well. 
so yeah that's where I got picked up at in um, UL at the time I did it in Limerick and there's a group of us there that did it that are still racing today yeah. and like I, I wasn't really a triathlete at the time I guess because I didn't cycle I just did a sprint when I was a child but I, I wasn't really training I was still a swimmer mm-hmm. and didn't really run but it was only after that when I was I don't know it was a maybe 15 at the talent ID day. And that's when I really committed to triathlon then after that. Mm. But yeah, that's how I kind of got into it from showing up to those, um, one of those talent ID days. Okay. Okay. Cause with Con Doherty on the show, he was on episode one and he said the same thing. It was like, him, yourself, Arne O'Brien, a few other guys. Yeah. And he's just like, showed up and raced each other. Yeah. ID and days we every were, once in a while. We were super, we were super competitive. Yeah. At those, like, there was there was yeah a lot of us and like I remember one of the like you'd be the 1500 meter um, trial on the track like getting quite it was quite physical like for the first 100 meters like guys pushing and shoving to get to the front um really competitive but it was really good and I think it helped us all drive each other on because we were all we all wanted to beat each other like of course we're friends mm-hmm. but we obviously wanted to beat each other and try and impress and I think that really worked that worked really well yeah mm-hmm. Good stuff because even in recent years then it's all the same guys that were picking up the national championships and the podiums and yourself con darn done probably a bit younger yeah it's actually probably um yeah like it's probably bad form that i don't know for somebody younger that, that um i'd be nervous of that's coming up through the irish scene mm. uh, you'd be hoping that there'd be more guys like you know uh 18 or 19 let's say that i'd be um you know, we say, oh, next year now this guy's going to be going to pass me out. Like, uh, but yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Some fella might pop up out of nowhere. I don't know, yeah. but um, it doesn't look like it at the moment. We we touched on that as well. Myself and Con don't think we need to get into it too much, but if you want it, you can get into it. But like he said, the same. He doesn't see any young guys coming up. Like for example, knocking on the door yourself and challenging you. But why do you think that was the after that? year of yourselves passed by that same thing in place wasn't there was it with Untrath in Ireland uh actually I really don't I don't know like I mean even even at that like it was still very much up to us individuals like I was swimming with swimming club running with an athletics club and I'd say we were all doing something similar at the time I'd say like um those other guys that were at those ID days were doing something very similar Mm -hmm. I don't think any of them were really training with tri clubs they would have been swimming with swimming clubs and running with um, athletics clubs uh, and like athletes can still do that today. Like young fellas could still swim with the local swim club and run with the athletics club. So nothing has. Re- I don't think it's um, like the opportunity would still be there if the, if an athlete wanted it. You know what I mean? Um, mm. So I, I I don't really know. Um, maybe it's just um, yeah. I don't I don't really know the answer to that. Yeah. yeah. Why it's not there? Um, but I mean, there's talent in Ireland. There's talent there, and um, maybe there'll be. Maybe they'll be um, converted to triathletes, or perhaps they're already there, and it's tough to find them at the moment with COVID and stuff, and mm-hmm. race opportunities and things like that mightn't have happened. Where there might be somebody, um, you know, who made a lot of progress, and we haven't seen them race yet. So yeah, let's see. Yeah. Do you think triathlon's also a sport that, as we've seen, there's evidence there with like Caroline Hayes, someone comes into it later, although they they probably did have a good sporting background as a junior, but. They come into triathlon specifically later and um, can can adapt them to an elite or professional level. It depends on, on if you're talking about ITU or Ironman racing. Either and, uh, which whatever. either 
yeah well you could be really you could be late and, and become a professional Ironman athlete I think for sure mm-hmm. uh, because it doesn't require uh, you can be a poor swimmer and still um, be a decent professional Ironman athlete mm-hmm. uh, you can't afford to be a poor swimmer and race at ITU you're wasting your time mm-hmm. um, uh, I you can't even afford to be a poor swimmer and race Ironman but you can you can afford to be a an okay swimmer and race yeah. at a professional level for Ironman racing yeah. uh, but you need to be exceptional to race at ITU Mm-hmm. Um and I and I think you need to be swimming competitively as a child. Um to I I'd be shocked if somebody took up swimming, like like start to learn how to swim. I don't know of anybody who's ever done it, who's learned how to swim at the age of 15, 16 onwards and gone on to um race competitively at ITU level. Mm-hmm. Um there might be some exceptions, but in general, um people who race ITU grew up as competitive swimmers or would have swam as kids um, and then took it more serious, swimming seriously quite young. But the standard is high, swim standard is high. And, and I guess perhaps Ironman might have a bad rep for having a poor standard of swimming. And it definitely does in comparison to ITU, but it's, um, it's not poor in overall. You know, it's still, yeah, yeah. They're still fast, yeah. they're still decent, still yeah. respectable swimmers, but not yeah. as fast as ITU guys. Yeah. And, um, and, and like, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, you could still you could still take up the sport late, uh, and be a professional uh, at an Ironman level. I think if you're if you're talented and quite good, harder to do that at ITU with because of the swimming. Mm-hmm. And could you tell us a bit about Chris when you so you started off in that ITU once you started racing internationally for Ireland? That was draft legal ITU races, isn't that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And um what was that like for you? I've heard you mention before, like your goals were, you were chasing points qualifying for the Olympics. Um, can yeah. you tell us a bit about that time in your career? Yeah, I guess I made a, a half-hearted attempt, I would say, to qualify for Tokyo. Um, I So the qualification process is brutal, like brutally tough mm-hmm. and fair play to, um, to Carolyn and Russell for all that they've gone through the last couple of years to make that qualification the selection for that because it really is really difficult so it's it's um there's two windows so it's um may 28 for for tokyo let's say may 2018 to may 2019 and may 2019 to, until may 2020 now that's in an ideal world without covid so that's let's say two 12 month periods and you need um so there's a total of 12 races and you need ideally six in each period so six in year one six in year two you can have a maximum of seven i think in one of the periods and a minimum of five in the other. I might be 100% correct on that. Mm-hmm. But that means you need to do six races in both those years. And like, the thing is like, you mightn't have six excellent races. So you might need to do seven or eight, you know, to make sure that you have six good results. And th- those races are all over the world. Like yeah. they could be in different continents and you could be traveling all over there just to, and a lot of it is is done just to get the qualification points for the Olympics. Like, so it's really quite tough. Um, and I did so yeah so you need let's say a minimum of five in let's say the first window and mm-hmm. a minimum of five so I was looking at the calendar and when I was like okay if I wanted to qualify for Tokyo what would I have to do and I realized okay I need to get a result at this race and this race let's say um, travel to China to a world cup where there was potential for me to get points at oh, and like the thing is like you're trying to save money right so mm-hmm because uh, it's expensive like it's so expensive so um i was like right 
look it's the Olympics anything that I have I'm going to put it into this and give myself an opportunity to qualify um, because I was trying to cut it cheap let's say you, you travel you say okay well I'll only travel on the Thursday instead of travelling on the Tuesday because that's two extra nights in a hotel or whatever so I want to cut that out yeah. uh, but I I I made a balls of it really like I flew too close to the race and it was a seven or eight hour um, time difference um, had a bad result probably wasn't good enough to get a result anyway regardless of how how I tried to cut corners with cost and after that race I like it was all it was still mathematically possible for me to qualify but it would have required me to do some outrageous results beyond my potential at the time yeah. uh, and I realized then I wasn't going to qualify for Tokyo fair enough and then I realized I didn't want to be doing that slog of traveling here, traveling there. Um, I couldn't afford it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I was like, no, this isn't for me. And uh, I was, you know, thinking, do I pack up? What do I do? Um, yeah, I was going to, I wasn't sure what to do. I didn't, I didn't really have a clue. Um, and then I decided to, because growing up in Ireland, all the races you do in Ireland are non-drafting anyway. I know there was a period of a year or two where we had some draft legal um, mm-hmm. races. But so, like, you grow up in Ireland doing non-drafting races all the time. Um, so you ha- And that's something I got a shock with at first. Like, you just race draft, non-drafting at home, and then you go to the European Cup for a draft legal race, and you get a bit of a shock. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, you know, I reckon, like, it was pretty decent at, at time trailing on a bike anyway. And I, then I, that's when I said, look, I'll give a 70.3 a go, see how I get on. Purely out of something that I wanted to do. And um, yeah, no, I'm very much enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, I have the love back for the sport. Brilliant. Yeah. And obviously that whole period, and you summarized it in a few minutes, but it was years and years, probably oh, the yeah. last eight, nine years of racing at a really high level. And it would have been tough, I'm sure, to, to make that decision of, Okay, this this is probably not possible anymore. I need to decide what I'm doing. I'm sure that was really tough, but now that you've found that love again for seventy point three and non-draft racing, are you glad of that changeover now? And do you see more potential in non-draft? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's much. Oh, um, suits me, right? It suits me. So some athletes IQ suits them better. Some professional uh, Ironman mm-hmm. distress racing might suit them better but um, as well as like you know if you're working a job it's very difficult to actually travel every weekend to different races to try and get points whereas at least with the Ironman events you can pick you know your handful of events a year and just do those mm-hmm. and um, you're not really um, you're your own boss with the Ironman distance mm-hmm. racing in terms of you can pick your races where you don't have to be um fulfilling criteria for selection decisions and things like that and um, but each to their own you know it suits me i like it and uh, i think i see potential for some good results there so i'm happy to stick with it yeah do you think it suits you a lot more physiologically speaking um the whole the extra time out and the nutrition side of things does that suit yeah you um well i think what when i what the the way I look at it is if I think of what's the best I could possibly ever do in ITU, what's the best possible result I could get? Mm-hmm. And I think about that. And if I take, sit down and ask myself, okay, what's the best possible result I could get racing uh, Ironman events? I'm way more excited about the results I can see in my head at Ironman racing than I am about ITU. Mm-hmm. Um, and that definitely influences my decision for sure. Brilliant. And did your 
podium last week, does that qualify you for Worlds or? No. no. So there's two slots. Right, so yeah, there's two slots in that race. Yeah, so I got right. third, so I didn't get it. To be honest, um, I'm not sure if I'd have traveled anyway because yeah. it's on in like a few weeks time in, in America and uh, it's a long way to go for a race unless I thought I was going to do serious damage. Yeah. Um, and for me, that would be serious damage at a world championships would be for me anyway, top 10, let's say like, unless mm-hmm. I thought I was going to get a top 10, I wouldn't bother going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, right now I don't think I'd get a top 10. If I was to race at world champs in four or five weeks time, I don't think I'd get a top 10. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I probably wouldn't have gone if I had qualified. Do you, do you um, think, is it exciting that like you're still so young in this game as well? Because for well, IT, I'm not that young. Well, for tra- for yeah. long distance triathlon, you don't think? I would say that, I would say I got pissed off in the last two, three years when, you know, the token Irish guy sometimes at races and oh, isn't it great? There's an Irish guy racing in the professional field and oh, it's a great experience. And I'm like, nah, like I'm, I'm 20, 27 now. Like I've been at this for a while. Like how much experience do you need? Like before you start getting results, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like I was, I got fed up with just, I really got fed up of just, you know, and I was doing okay, you know, mm-hmm. doing okay. But I got fed up of doing okay. And I was like, no, I want some medals. Like I'm sick of just doing okay. Um, and so like, I know I'm young enough, but at the same time, anybody, I would say that's good is already get medals at my age. So, and I know you can't everyone's individual and all that but at the same time I, I i had to put some pressure on myself and i'm like it's time to yeah. pull the finger out here now and it's too much of a commitment training wise and just what you know and i was like yeah now it's time to get some results so yeah i'm not that young but yeah there's definitely yeah. A, a good few more years yeah. left if i wanted to to, to racing yeah. and get better results for sure yeah but yeah that's what i meant in that sense of you've got a lot of years racing ahead of you like you, yeah and to get better as well because like although you're extremely experienced in i2 it is a different game of the long distance stuff would you see it going yeah. longer again the iron man have you you've already completed iron man but would you be more 70.3 at the minute uh, i've never done a full iron man i've done just um just a handful of 70.3s all right and okay yeah I, I i i can see me doing a full iron man eventually yeah mm-hmm. for sure um yeah and um, but the thing is there's a big difference between Completing and competing, right? So, I I could do an Ironman tomorrow morning, like yeah. finish it, but like I'd have no interest in that. Um, I don't think I could race an Ironman in the morning. I'm not strong enough. I don't have the training done. Uh, I don't have the work done for even even if I was to race one in the morning, I wouldn't know nutrition wise what to do. Yeah. Um, but I'm only I'm only getting around. To, I'm only figure, getting my head around getting things right for seventy point trees, um, and. I guess this is where Gav and uh, Hop Hop helps come in, where I need to be a small bit more patient and think a bit longer term. Uh, like I nearly did uh, Yall in 2019, the full distance the race, full distance, yeah. um, purely because it was in Yall, like no other reason other than that, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and that would have been a stupid decision to do a race, right? Uh, but emotionally, I was like, you know, oh, I did my first triathlon in Yall, um, really want to do it, but it would have been a stupid decision and I'm glad, you know, Gav talked some sense into me and I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just want to be, I just need to be as well. Like I've ne- I'd say I'm more meticulous now with things than what I would have been. I was too relaxed five or six years ago, going to races about 
equipment or smaller things like that like you think as you get a bit older and a bit more experienced that you'd be more kind of relaxed about our own races and how things are whereas i'm i'm much more uptight now than what i was five or six years ago like mm. um i would i'd rock up to race with a dirty bike maybe you know or i wouldn't um my equipment might be a little bit shabby or whatever whereas now i'd be a lot more tuned into making sure that all that stuff is nailed down and i'd be a bit more meticulous around timings and things and mm-hmm. before i'd have been very relaxed and easy going and like what i do a couple of days before or day before i but now it yeah and that's just something that's just changed as i gotten a bit older i think and um, i don't know what it is but i just a bit more particular about what i do yeah yeah and do you think that helps you because you say sometimes people go the opposite maybe they're too uptight and they need to relax but if you felt that being more meticulous about things has helped mentally prepare yeah I mean, there's, and... there's a limit obviously like just some guys are too relaxed and some guys are way too uptight like they, they'd lose their mind if they you know if they have a set meal that they have before a race and then they're in a the country and they can't eat that and they, mm-hmm. their nutrition is screwed and they, they're themselves convinced they're not going to be able to perform mm-hmm. um, so it wouldn't be like that but um yeah um i'm not sure uh, uh something as well that i thought well, from racing like to you i you know i thought moving to the ironman distance you know like oh it's such a long race that like if something does go wrong you'll have time to correct it and it's such a long day out that there's less pressure uh in in that regard but actually really what i'm like now is okay there's only a handful of these events you can do a year mm-hmm so you have to make them count. What's that like? Because obviously when you're racing sprints and Olympics, you can do, I don't know, between 10, 15 more races a year. How many, like 70.3s, can you realistically do in a year, do you think? Yeah, it depends on the athlete. Some guys recover quickly. Uh, I haven't, haven't really tried, but I haven't really successfully raced back to back to back to back. Um, mm. So I am... Um, I'd be making up a number, but I'd say for me, perhaps I don't know, five, six a year, um, is what I could manage. Um, some will do more, some will do less, and it also depends on. Like I raced very late this year. Like my first one was, uh, I know I did one in Waterville, um, Hardman Waterville, as yeah. the first event of the year, and I was really to just make sure everything was okay and check equipment before Poland. Mm-hmm. But like my first pro race was in August. Like August is very late to be starting the season, but the reason for that is because yeah i wasn't confident in my swim at the start of the year i knew i didn't want to race those early races in march april because um my swim wasn't there and i'd have been giving away 60 seconds to the front group and i can't afford to do that i need mm-hmm. to be out with them uh yeah i couldn't i don't want to give away 30 60 seconds to the leaders if if i don't need to yeah and have you is the pools open there again in germany now have you full access yeah yeah uh, full access to pools now again and um, we were closed for a while with lockdown but um they're back open again now so that's all good, good. Stuff. and what what about your training at the minute chris as you mentioned already gavin noble is your coach is he your kind of overall coach now across one yeah. lake and run and yeah um he is so i um yeah just i guess 25 hours a week rough on average sometimes less sometimes more um i juggle that around where i can and i mean yeah a, a lot more consistency this winter with biking and running for sure mm-hmm. no, no honestly like there's been nothing there's been nothing major like no no big changes or anything yeah. um 
power is slightly better than what it was last year. And last year it was slightly better than what it was the year before that. You know, That's long run slightly long run slightly longer this year than what they were last year and slightly longer than what they were the year before that. Yeah. Um it, honest uh, my swimming hasn't improved for 10 years. Uh but All that's right. fine. Uh, <laughs> like that's, that's it was fine. that good. It was Just that good to, 10 years ago. <laughs> uh I would say that the swim is like you just need to have it and once it's there you just need to keep it mm-hmm. um i wouldn't let you know especially at ironman distance you just need to be out with the group um so you just i the way i think of it, you need to do the, the least amount possible to make sure you're in the group right yeah. Yeah. um and like but then there's there's massive improvements i still need to make on the bike and run you know they're mm-hmm. not there and when Gavin, he sets your train, have you much say in like, what do you think? Is it a mutual thing yeah. or is it more so? Uh, I wouldn't, I think if I wanted to, I could probably have some say, but I don't, I'll just fill in like what days are suitable with me. Cause I, I train with Darmstadt um, swim with, I swim with Darmstadt. Uh, they're a triathlon club in, um, in Germany. So I mm. swim with the group there uh, and it's better to swim with a group than swimming on your own hundred percent. I can't mm. swim on my own really. Mm-hmm. I can do all the turbos on my own to do all my run sessions alone, but swimming alone is a nightmare for me. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll fill in like, you know, what days are busy, let's say with work or with uh, what days swimming sessions are on and I kind of a fill out like, you know, what's going on. And then the training then will be built around that, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, but the key sessions are the key sessions. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it works quite well. And how do you find it managing because you're working are you, are you working full-time in germany yeah Is that a, so yeah. you're balancing your training around the work i assume how did you how do you find out with recovery and planning and stuff well i'm lucky it's not really physical work and um, that um i can you know i'm sitting down when i'm working which is fine i think it has made me more determined to be a successful triathlete. So you can just train uh, full time, or it, it's no, it's it's more that like, so I was say full time triathlete until COVID hit, mm-hmm. and then started working. And I, in my head, I thought that's it. I had my opportunity to be a pro. This is me out. This is game over. How am I going to compete with these guys now? If I'm going to work, like you, n- none of the guys winning races are working. Mm-hmm. Like looking at Ironman Frankfurt yesterday those guys at the front of the race none of those guys have are, are working like they're they're pro mm-hmm. triathletes yeah that's it uh, and there's no medal for the first uh, pro who has a job you know like <laughs> doesn't matter it yeah. doesn't matter yeah uh, so um like you know the whole uh, drinks after work on a friday and you know you're let's say a young professional starting off in like work life and you know it's meant to be like exciting and the new thing and like I was wondering how would I react to that sort of environment and all that happened is you know at the start let's say go for a few drinks on a Friday after work wake up Saturday morning a little bit hungover and all I'd be doing is checking results from races and I'd be like well you know looking at results and be like a little bit hungover and I'd be like seeing some some person who gets a good result some international podium perhaps and I'd be like I could beat him I could do that mm-hmm. And I was wondering, would I be like, oh, this is the life, like, you know, working, doing this, like socializing, but it wasn't. I was like, 
I was more interested in and I realized like what I want is I want results I don't want this isn't for me you know uh, so that's when I kind of realized like okay what do I have to do to um to get these results and nobody cares the gap says this a lot and it's true this match that nobody cares it's true like no one cares if you're working or not no one cares what like nobody just nobody cares like so if I wanted to get a result I just have to figure out how to do it mm-hmm. and how I'm going to make it work and um I made some decisions this year um to put myself in a position to get me results um and yeah it's working out so far so I'm really happy with that um but yeah and I and this is when I get back to being a bit more meticulous about things like this is you know, when I kind of thought for a while that maybe I'd blow my opportunity when I start working. Yeah. And then, you know, you kind of, then you realize, no, this isn't, this isn't it. Like there's more in me. I, Cause I know I knew, I knew like that I hadn't fulfilled, let's say what I potential of what I could do. Mm-hmm. And that was just eating away at me really. And that's, that's all it was just an itch from inside that I was like, no, no. And nobody forced it. Nobody, this is no one. It was my own decision, you know, uh, yeah. and that's it. So it's yeah. channels your focus to just get the results. Yeah, you know, just like, you know, you know what? Do you know what, Chris? Like, cop on now and just, you know, you're getting a bit older now. If you're going to do it, do it now, or else stop talking, stop talking rubbish to yourself. Like you're saying, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Just go out and just go out and get it done. Like you know. <laughs> you can stuff. talk about it afterwards <laughs> yeah but even like it's not great like I mean all I've done is gotten on you know a bronze medal in a poor enough field at a pro race you know like I mean it's not anything amazing but it's a step in the right direction for sure yeah yeah I think that's important as athletes often are always which is a reason why you continue to get better but you're always like as you said there, it's a bronze, but then you're saying, ah, but it wasn't the best of fields and blah, blah. But I think you have to recognize when does a step in the right direction to recognize an achievement. And then, yeah, as you yeah, said, no, get, it's get on with um, it. And yeah, it's, it's, easy yeah, it's definitely to... a step in the right direction. But um, yeah, like it's a weird, it's just been a weird two years for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. But like, and the thing is as well, like what was what was getting at me is like, see, I, I knew, right? I knew there's no way that these pros aren't swimming. Like when pools were closed, mm-hmm. whatever country you're in, like you just know, like I guarantee you the professionals you're racing are swimming right now. They've yeah. got full access to pools, probably got some sunshine, probably got a nice training group. And, and like, again, nobody cares. It doesn't matter. Like, so you just need to figure out like, okay, well, how do I swim? Right. Because these guys are swimming. Mm-hmm. right um you need to get to just need to go and get to a pool you need to go if you want to compete with these guys and if you don't that's fine but um so like oh, i think i think ireland anyway was put like athletes were yeah put in a tough position there um but, but uh, if, if i was living in ireland which i wasn't if i obeyed every covid rule i would not have gotten the result that i got in poland last week simply wouldn't have happened right yeah. Because if you couldn't leave 2K from your house, right, how are you going to get your long rides done, you know? Yeah. Um, would I have broken the rules if I was at home at that time? 100% to go cycling on my own in the countryside and I'd sleep soundly at night um, knowing that I'm not causing any harm to anyone cycling alone out in the countryside when Lydon and Aldi is packed with a couple of hundred people. 
mm-hmm. but yeah these are the, these are decisions you need to make right um so yeah I, I got to a pool and I got myself swimming and I put myself in a position to be able to get a result if the opportunity came so all, all you can really do I think is be in your best shape possible that when the opportunity arrives you can take advantage of it mm-hmm. that's all you can do right and like you don't know when that opportunity is going to come like anything can happen in a race the, the favorite might get sick or two guys might crash up the road or you might be having a great day um some you know other days you, you like it's just not your day you puncture or you have a bad race so like you just have to go into it knowing you're in the best shape you can be in and give yourself the opportunity so that when 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 it does come you can take advantage of it and jump on it that's kind of more will be more that would be more my mindset now that would yeah. be kind of more my thinking it's just like just just put yourself in a position that if an opportunity to get a good result comes that you can pounce good stuff good advice and what yeah what is next for you chris what's coming up next have you any races planned any goals yeah uh, I've my eye on the calendar. I've looking at a few races, um, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, to be honest, there's not many races left this season, um, but yeah, I, I will race more, uh, but not 100 percent sure yet which ones. Do Do you pick races based off the profile of the course, like uh, your strengths? If it's hell, if hills are your strength, a heli run or a heli bike or yeah. a type of swim? I'm not, I, I think I'm lucky that I don't think that there's a I think I can race on all courses. Like Dunleary was, like the elevation was extreme and at 1,500 metres of climbing on the bike course. Mm-hmm. I raced quite well there. I think I think I can race on all courses in in all weathers besides extreme heat. And that's something I'm getting better at from living in Frankfurt. But I would have struggled in the heat before, but I'm getting better at that, definitely. Um, so yeah, I don't actually... I, I could race anywhere, I think, besides um, somewhere stupidly hot. Um so yeah, not 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 particularly. It just um a lot of it depends on how I'm feeling and the condition I'm in and if I want to do the race. And that's the beauty with the Ironman stuff. Yeah. Like if there's a race on in a country that's let's say reasonably easy to get to and I want to do it, I'll do it. And mm-hmm. I'll talk to Gab, see what he thinks about it. Um yeah, and that's great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Chris, mm-hmm. just before we finish up, I've got a few quick fire questions so we do this at the end of the oh, show yeah, sure. so okay let's see what you think so there's about 10 here so first off favorite training session of any type a uh, sunday long run long run and what at the moment let's long just run. say at the moment what 20 miles 20 miles and yeah are you sticking the pace heart rate effort just how you feel just a jog just an easy jog so it has to be easy is that yeah, it's just easy. That's my favorite. Yeah. Does, does it ever get? Do you ever get carried away and run too hard? And uh, easy runs very, or? very rarely. I might progress it, but nothing too. I just, yeah, Sunday long runs, mm. my favorite session of the week, definitely. If if our favorite session, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And least favorite session. Um. Hmm. Easy swims, maybe just a recovery swim, mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, what am I going to benefit out of this? Like, will I just fucking if I skip it, it doesn't make a difference. But you yeah. do it anyway, and you're like, well, you know, okay, 
that, that was yeah. fine. But that's probably my least favorite. But sometimes yeah. they're sometimes they're okay. I, yeah. I don't. Yeah, that's probably my least favorite. Good stuff. Um, favorite training location and why? Um, Lanzarote. Yeah. Um, because the simplicity of it, like just especially for Ironman training, the weather is good. Roads are good. Uh, some people might find it boring, but I'm happy with boring. Like mm-hmm. I'm happy with that. I'm happy that I can know that I can go out for five, six hours and the wet, the sun will be shining. Uh, yeah, it might be windy. I'm okay. I can hack that. Um, yeah, that's probably it for me. It's a good spot. What whereabouts in Lanzarote do you stay if when you've been there? Near Sands, Sands Beach. Yeah, Sands Beach. Yeah, and I was there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, near there. As you said, it's the simplicity of it. Just roll out to the pool just easy it's just it's just, breakfast. it's just easy and like there's nothing else going on let's say but i'm happy yeah. with that too like mm-hmm. i'm happy with that i mean i don't want to be doing anything else anyway Um, just swim lie down cycle come back lie down do a run <laughs> happy days yeah yeah that's it. <laughs> um if you could train with uh, any other athlete um for one week who would it be that you haven't trained with before let's say Mm. Um. Oh, I have no idea. Um. Oh, really not probably. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know. But would wouldn't mind not training with a meter? I wouldn't really. I'm happy enough to train on my own. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that I have a burning desire to train with anybody else. Do you do most of your training on your own, bar this from uh, club or something? Yeah. Or? Yeah, yeah, most of my biking and running is on my own. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Um, Kona predictions for this year? Male, female, first, oh. and third? Do you know what? I haven't a clue. I really don't. Um, I'd have to look at the star list and look at form and stuff. Um, I would... Uh, Patrick Lange. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I just be you just be guessing right yeah. now. I don't have a clue. Um, how do you think the Norwegians will get on in their first time in an Ironman? I mean, I hope Kona? they blow up and don't win it because it's not a good. If if like, yeah, if they win, fair play to them. And like, they, I've no doubt they do loads of mileage and they're animals. But, um, yeah, it's worrying if they win. If they win Kona, that's um, I'd be worried. Yeah, I'd be worried. I'd be con- I'd be concerned if they were, if they win Kona. And they might, they might. <laughs> Let's see, like Stornas, Casper uh, Stornas did um, Frankfurt yeah. yesterday. Now he did lose his nutrition. He didn't uh, finish. They, did he? He, no, no, but like he, he only finished 11th in the Olympics three weeks ago. He uh, was sitting on a time trial bike for two weeks and then rocks up to the Ironman European Championships and hops off the bike and does the first three or 4K running 320 kilometer pace. And you're thinking, like, what is going on here? But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe the nutrition cost in the race. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, let's see. Let's see how they how they get on. I mean, I've no doubt they're freaks and they train a lot. Um, but I I would be, yeah. If, if someone's an Ironman specialist and you're the best in the world, you should be beating someone who's focusing on ITU for sure. Yeah, I've um, no doubt a lot of ITU guys transition quite well to Ironman racing and 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 can and do win them. But mm-hmm. I, a full distance Ironman race with little prep um, would be 
yeah, I'd be impressed if they, if they did win it. I don't think they will, but who knows? Mm. Be interesting. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, on a side note there, just because I've seen Casper Starnes wrote that, uh, that he lost his nutrition. How how does an athlete lose their nutrition? Is was it like getting handed a bottle and or does it jump out? Uh, of a couple of, yeah, a couple a couple of things. If you have like something in the the rear bottle cage, there's cobblestones on the course at about the twenty k mark where he actually said he lost his nutrition. So going over cobbles, uh, it's possible that your rear bottles might fall out uh, unless they're secured or that you could just yeah drop it when you're trying to pick it up from an aid station uh, i i guess i'm guessing it was cobblestones and the rear hydration drop because in the picture he put up there's uh, the rear bottle cage is empty and mm-hmm. um, yeah and and the thing is like the thing is he's in a group of six or seven and there's no way he'd stop because you lose the group then and yeah it's a tough one like it's a long day out but if you lose the group you, you lose the race um and the amount of work it would require to get back on the group if he stopped Castle's nutrition would probably burn more energy than what's in the bottle anyway. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's a um, tough one. It's a tough one. It's yeah. a tough one. Just I don't know. Don't let them fall out. Tip them. Yeah, just, or just don't let it happen. Like just, but it's his first Ironman. Yeah. And yeah, that's happened. But you you just you just make sure that it doesn't happen again. It's good learning experience. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What would you say is the most important attribute for a triathlete to have? Talent. I just want to like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. In, in terms of what? For, for, to get a good result? Yeah, or... just to be, to get a good results and just to be successful uh, in sport. Yeah, you just have to train hard for to get your best out of yourself, you want to be consistently training for more than 10 years and have some talent. Some talent, 10 years of consistency, and you're on for a good result. Uh, yeah. It's simple, simple yeah. but not easy. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It's not easy, but it sounds simple. That's good. Yeah. Um, your favorite sport outside of triathlon? Are you in the NL sports? Gaelic football. Gaelic football yeah. or... Yeah. Did you watch the game yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, Happy? some upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think everyone is. Good stuff. <laughs> Except Dublin. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'd probably be, if I wasn't doing triathlon, maybe I'd be playing football. Poorly, but I'd be playing it probably. Did, did you play it when you were younger? Yeah, I did. I did. It wasn't very good, but yeah, I played it already. And biggest inspiration, if you have one, in any walk of life? Uh. Mm, Donny Walsh he was my own coach when I was on with Lee Bell for sure yeah. just um, yeah somebody that I look up to a lot and influenced me heavily growing up and decisions I made in, inside and outside the triathlon and sport and um, yeah my biggest inspiration for sure he was a Olympian he was a runner and yeah yeah he ran in um, the 72 Olympics for the marathon yeah, oh. and um, really, really good with just advice outside the sport and just decisions like going to the university and, um, yeah, things like that. Good stuff. And favorite pastime outside of training? How do you relax or? Um, favorite. Uh, you don't have any time. You just train uh, all the time. M- mindlessly scrolling through social media. Uh, I don't know. 
to be honest, I don't do a whole lot else besides training and working. Um, uh, yeah, that's 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 about it really for me. I don't have much else going on. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. And if you had one piece of advice, you might have already give it there about the most important edge, but, but if you had one piece of advice for a young athlete in general in any sport, what would it be that would that are hoping to make it as an elite or ask, professional? Okay, this is my advice. Ask yourself what you want. Ask yourself what's required to do it. Ask yourself, is that realistic? And then find and then find out what you need to do to achieve that, and don't stop. And just, yeah, that's it. And it's like, it's like a boolean. Like, you does this does this decision help me achieve what I want? Yes or no? And if the answer is yes, do it. If the answer is no, don't do it. Now you can't be that strict all the time, right? But in general, like you know. Like, does going out, does going out in the piss tonight help me get a result that I want? Yes or no? Probably not, right? Let's leave that off. Or does, um, does going for a mountain hike with my friends this week help me get a result that I'm going to do next week? Probably shouldn't do it. Uh, something might happen or you know you're going to be out there for five six hours you're going to be sore it's going to affect your session the next day i don't know maybe that's a bit too extreme but mm -hmm. yeah just ask yourself what you want what's required to achieve it how realistic is that what do you need to do to achieve it yeah and then just do that that's all there is really like because and if you don't want to do it that's fine um and if it's not realistic good to know that too and that's okay too if it's not realistic right and um, that's fine too but yeah, that'll be my advice. Good stuff. Great advice. Chris, thanks a million yeah. for coming on. Really enjoyed it. Um yeah, I hope hope that's all right. Um yeah, cheers and thanks for having me on. Thanks very much. Uh wish you all the best for your upcoming races for this season and future seasons, and hope to see you get more podiums, more ones. Good to see. Cheers, thanks very much. Cheers, Chris. So, show's over. Thanks everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Chris. Hope you got some great inspiration, motivation for your own training, your own sport. And thanks everybody for listening. It means the world that people share it. And thanks to everyone who left a review, took a minute out of their day to um, leave a review, leave some feedback or message on some feedback. It means a lot and helps progress the show and helps other people find it. So, Thanks a million. And if you haven't done so already, please leave a review on whatever podcast app you're listening. And just if you want to share it on, share it to anyone that would be interested in listening. And it helps more people hear the show. Thanks. See ya.